we saw about 700% growth through the pandemic. And it was something that, of course, we never expected. Nobody could expect something like this. But with our business in particular, what happened was the physical stores had to close, but they needed to stay in business. And fortunately, virtually every state that has legal cannabis deemed cannabis an essential business. So the dispensaries were still allowed to operate. However, they couldn't have people in the store. And when you think about that, that leaves one avenue of opportunity. That leaves one way that they can continue to do business. And that was online ordering. You're listening to To Be Blunt, the podcast for cannabis marketers, where your host, Shada Taravi, and her guests are trailblazing the path to marketing, educating, and professionalizing cannabis. Light one up and listen up. Here's your host, Shada Taravi. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the show. My name is Shada Tarabi, and I'm your host for this magical cannabis journey of a conversation that we're about to have. But super stoked. Today's guest is Zach Lipson. He is the co-founder of Dutchie, a three-year-old Bend, Oregon-based software company that specializes in online delivery and pickup of cannabis products. So you might have used their service if you were a consumer shopping in a legal state through online platforms. You might have seen them if you're working in a dispensary, maybe you're using Dutchie. Anyways, they're super hot right now. They just raised another series of funding. Snoop Dogg is one of their investors. We dive into that a little bit in the episode. But yeah, hope you guys are excited. Buckle up. This one was a good conversation. Let's be honest, they all are. But I love the new episodes. They're super fun and hope you guys get a kick out of this. So without further ado, let's welcome Zach to the show. So my name is Zach Lipson. I am one of the co-founders and the chief product officer over here at Dutchie. Dutchie is a company that has built software for powering e-commerce for dispensaries. So we also have a marketplace at dutchie.com where customers can you know, visit the website, enter their address, view dispensaries in their area, and then begin shopping. But the bulk of our business is really about providing tools for dispensaries to offer online ordering through their websites. So it's you know, kind of an embedded solution, a B2B solution, if you will, where we give them the tools to sell. So we integrate with their point of sale. We pull over their items in, in real time, you know, so there's a, a real time aspect, a dynamic aspect to the menu. Their customers can view products that are currently in stock as they sell out, they, they get kind of removed from the menu. And then we give them a host of tools to, to kind of create a more engaging e-commerce experience. Things like running their promotions and their specials through the platform, uh, measuring reporting and analytics, uh, and a host of other features. My cannabis journey. My journey through, uh, through startups and, and technology companies started about a decade ago. My background is actually in marketing and, and business. Uh, that's what I went to school for. However, kind of in my personal life, I'd always been very interested in art and design and looking at ways that I could kind of merge those two things together. So I got interested in technology right as I came out of college. I started a company while I was there, kind of in the social networking space. And worked on that for a couple of years. And it was, that was kind of my entry into, into software. Kind of my crash course, if you will. That's kind of the way I like to, to talk about that period. It was a lot of learning. It was a lot of kind of getting my, my hands dirty. And I'm a self-taught designer as well as, as product developer. And that's really been my area of focus throughout my career is, is focusing on building products, creating uh, software that solves really interesting problems. So the first experience was kind of in the social networking space um, as a founder and the CEO there. 
left that company. That company was acquired. And then I started doing some work as a consultant. And that gave me a really interesting opportunity to work on a lot of different platforms and kind of hone my skills um, in design and product development. And then from there, moved on to a startup. That startup was in the financial tech space, actually. And we worked on that for about four years. And right as that company was going through an acquisition, an acquisition in November of 2017, I had a really kind of fateful call with my brother. And the timing was very serendipitous. He was living in Oregon at the time. Again, this was about November of 2017. And the Oregon market just went legal for delivery. And that was a really kind of pivotal moment for the cannabis space um, because it was the first state to legalize delivery. My brother had a, a background in online food ordering. He started the very first online food ordering company in Canada um, a while back. So, you know, that was an area that he had a lot of expertise in. And as he was waiting in line, he sort of had this light bulb moment of what if we were able to bring online ordering to the cannabis space? Why am I waiting in line, essentially? And with delivery being kind of this new hotbed topic and Oregon kind of paving the way as a pioneer in that space, which happened to be his home state the opportunity was right there in front of him. So he picked the phone up, he called me, kind of explained this idea to me. The timing again was very serendipitous because I was going through an acquisition with my, my, my current company at the time and looking for sort of the next project, the next company that I wanted to move on to. And I was like, this is a no brainer. Um, in, in the fact that somebody will do this and that there will be a market opportunity here and that why not you, you know, given your background? And he said, well, do you want to do it with me? Do you want to handle the product and design side of it? That was an opportunity that I found really enticing. I, I had been interested in the cannabis space for a while. You know, and I, I knew kind of what was happening in the space. It was really exciting. It was rapidly emerging. It was growing quick. But furthermore, there was something really interesting about it in that it was, it was new. Great companies had not emerged yet. So there was a lot of opportunity. And it was very, it was very transformative. It still, frankly, is. And that's one of the best things about working in this space. But at the time, there was really a big opportunity. So we, long story short, we kind of embarked on that journey and we started to, to build out Dutchie. My particular experience with the plant is maybe something that a lot of people don't expect. And frankly, I have conversations with friends now that you know, knew me in, in kind of my younger years and are sometimes surprised them in the cannabis space. And the reason is this. When I was younger and I first started to experiment with cannabis, my, my early experiences were not all that positive, frankly. I remember kind of feeling somewhat uneasy when uh, consuming cannabis. And the interesting thing for me is that as I got older and cannabis became legal, you know, in certain markets, and I was able to consume in a legal manner, I started to experiment with other types of, of consumption. In my, in my younger years, I was smoking flour, and that really didn't sit that well with me. And I think when I was introduced to edibles, and when I started to experiment with edibles a little bit, I kind of found my sweet spot. And it was really comforting for me because it, cannabis then turned into something that was a, a way for me to get, you know, to sort of wind down. Um, the way I talk about my consumption is it really is, is centered around kind of, uh, you know, a, a process that allows me to relax. It allows me to, to, to kind of, you know, relieve some of the stress from the day, you know, wind down at night, um, you know, kind of get, have a nice like, kind of calming period and, and that's a, been a great release for me. Um, you know, as, a, as an entrepreneur, as a founder of a company, a, a quickly growing company, the stresses can often be high. What's interesting is that I'm almost able to, to kind of quote unquote dog food a little bit and that I can use the plant to actually uh, kind of help me through those periods. And it's, it's been a great relief.
I love that story because I think obviously everybody's journey to the top is different. And it sounds like you really had a background for kind of the, obviously the product space, but really the software and, and creating something from a technological background and perspective. Whereas I think so many people, especially who are listening to the podcast, probably are trying to figure out, you know, how do I make a difference? What is that thing that I can do? And so I love having these conversations and learning people's stories because I think that there's so many different applications. And obviously y'all were kind of in the right place at the right time. Your brother being in Oregon and having had the background with, you know, trying to operate a previous dispensary business, that sounds like it was pretty successful to be able to take some of that technology and apply it. But I want to dig a little deeper into Kind of give us a pulse of Oregon. I mean, I know you mentioned when you launched, it was around the timing that Oregon had opened up delivery. And I know that is a touchy subject because not every legal state does offer delivery at this time. But for Oregon, what was the sentiment like? I mean, pot was legal. People were buying it. Were people asking for delivery? Was this something that you were just superseding with kind of the ideas of, you know, the DoorDash or the Postmates of the world? Like, why did you end up doing it? Yeah, so the premise for us early on was based on a number of different things. It was, you know, of course, preconceived notions and and sort of proof of concept in other spaces, right? You had online food ordering, you have grocery delivery, frankly, delivery for pretty much everything. The concept of, you know, an on-demand experience in technology is very prevalent these days, Um, whether it be those services or whether it be like even something like ride sharing, right? You know, we can get a ride almost anywhere and no time flat. So when we, we kind of approached it that way and, and knowing that cannabis had gone legal in Oregon, we saw it as kind of an early entrant opportunity. Furthermore, like when you look at cannabis and, you know, do you do some of the research to talk to customers in the space, how they prefer to consume, you know, what would be an ideal experience? Um, you start to find that, that delivery is a really appealing concept for a lot of folks. Um, what we found early on was really interesting. This is when I started to get very fascinated with this space as I started talking to the customers and I started to get stories of folks who weren't comfortable walking into a dispensary, which was a little bit surprising to me to begin with. And as we peeled back the layers, we found that it really had to do in part with sort of a, you know, a a leftover stigma, if you will, that I think the plant has sort of unfortunately dealt with. Um, And it's frankly still dealing with, Um, you know, people were, you know, what, potentially had families, they potentially had, you know, jobs where it may not have been kind of a good look for them to be walking into a dispensary or seen at a dispensary. And that was one interesting use case that we, we found kind of unsuspecting. Another one that was really interesting was on the medicinal side. And again, another point where my sort of position and my, my thoughts on cannabis started to change dramatically is that when I started talking to customers uh, during our MVP period, when we had this product out there and people were actually using it, I, I make it kind of a, a habit of practice to talk to our customers on somewhat of a regular basis. And they're very casual conversations. It's, you know, talk to me about your experience with the plant. Talk to me about your experience with, you know, walking into a dispensary and what it's like there. What are the things that you enjoy? And then talk to me about your experience on Dutchie and, and what are some things that we can do to make that experience better? What I came to found was something really interesting in that, there was such a strong medicinal use. This is a big misconception about the space, I'll say. I think a lot of people do view cannabis usage as almost entirely recreational and that, that don't have kind of a strong pulse on what is, is you know, kind of the inner workings of, of cannabis and, you know, what, what dispensary operations and, and customer bases look like. 
when you get into it, you, you start to understand that this is not something that people are using just to get high. This is something that has such a strong use case for medicinal benefit. I started talking to people who were, you know, recovering from cancer, who had, you know, I, I can remember one particular example where I sat down with a woman who had three children and she she had had a, a brain tumor that she was recovering from and she was using cannabis to help treat the, the symptoms of her chemotherapy. And it was a powerful conversation. I'll never forget this. The beautiful thing about it was that delivery gave her a way to receive that medicine that she didn't have before. She said, I would not be able to get to a dispensary. I have three children. I'm not mobile. And the fact that I now have something that allows me to get my medicine delivered to me, I don't have to leave my house. I can take care of my kids. I can, you know, I can take care of, I can, I can work with my treatment. Um, and my medicine comes to me was a very powerful kind of story. And, you know, when it comes to the story of, of, of Oregon and kind of its relationship with the plant, you know, I would say that Oregon is, is one of the more mature markets in the country. I think a lot of people who know that market well would agree. It's progressive. It's forward thinking. Delivery is a prime example of that. And there's, there's other things that the state is currently working on that are progressive in other areas, not even just cannabis outside of that vertical. So what I think that's lended itself to is a more mature market. You've seen dispensaries that have built really solid brands. You've seen brands themselves, actual products themselves, whether it be an edibles company, whether it be a farm, you know, that have had a lot of time to sort of mature and build really solid brands and really solid customer bases. So I think that's the general tenant here in the state. Um, you know, and of course, it's always kind of interesting to look at how they are, are kind of like leading the charge in sort of more of the progressive areas of the space. Yeah, I think two things I want to visit again are, one, I love that you highlighted the subtleness and the simplicity of just talking to your customers. I think not enough brands in our industry actually do that. In fact, not enough brands in general actually put their customer in such a prominent place. I mentioned when we were offline, you know, and my listeners know this if they've heard my story. I used to work in tech too, and I worked for a very customer-centric technology brand. And so for me, the customer has always been first, but I think that it sometimes is so... It's like, it's too easy. People don't even think that they could just ask the consumer what their thoughts are. And so I love that that's something that is so a part of your DNA as a brand that you want to take advantage of. It's like, you have these people using your service, you have these dispensaries, you have these, you know, different brands that are maybe using the platform, but like actually talking to the consumers, talking to those different businesses who are partnering with you, I think is such a treasure trove of information. And I think we forget that we have access to that for better or worse. Most of us do, at least in the space. And talking to those people can be so beneficial to how you improve your product, how you improve your service, how you improve your brand. And I think if people really do genuinely care about this industry, they would want to move in that direction and want to have those conversations. The other thing you highlighted that I thought was really interesting too is just kind of the state of I guess for me, I wasn't really thinking of delivery as such an application for that medicinal patient, if that makes sense. Like I'm looking at delivery more from a technology perspective of just advancing, you know, the convenience of it. Like you said, it's a trend. I'm personally not somebody who uses like Instacart to grocery shop. I think... <laughs> There's people that, and I guess it's my approach. It's like, I don't personally use delivery services. I, of course, also live in an illegal cannabis state. And so I don't have the privilege of even 
participating with some of these platforms like Dutchy, but I see your point where it's it's being able to offer this medicine to new consumers or just to consumers, not even new, just to consumers in general. And it is really cool to hear that Oregon was the first to offer that. And it sounds like it really was more for the patient's benefit than it was to like open up another marketplace, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah. I think when it comes to delivery, it's there's of course the convenience factor. It's a trend that I think makes a lot of sense for this space in particular. And I think you know, that's actually something that is really interesting that I've found in working in this space and that I've seen as maybe a, a potential pitfall for, for folks who have, who have entered into the space and have started to work in it is that it is extremely important to talk to your customers and for obvious reasons, but for also additional reasons that are specific to cannabis. This space is very unique. And I think that a lot of people come from other industries they're attracted to this space. Um, you know, they're they're identifying the growth. They're identifying the you know the power and and the benefits that the plant holds, and and they they're rightfully so excited about working in it. I think that one of the things that talking to your customers, whether it be you know a consumer who is visiting Dutchie.com and placing an order, whether it be a dispensary who is using our software every day to facilitate their online orders. You need to have those conversations, and the one of the greatest benefits, one of the deepest insights that you're going to get, is centered around the fact that this space is unique. It is not traditional e-commerce. The concepts that work in traditional e-commerce, only as an example, will not necessarily work in cannabis, and that goes for brands as well. That goes for, frankly, any type of company in this space. If you try to bring in concepts that are not specific to cannabis, that don't deal with you know, the nuances of the space, what make cannabis unique and different and special, you will probably make mistakes. And that's one of the reasons why we've really kept that practice in place. It's equally important for me to be talking to our dispensaries, the the people who are using this software every day. Um, If I just built online ordering software, e-commerce software that could be used to sell anything, not cannabis, we wouldn't really, I don't think we'd be where we are today. I think that part of the power in the way that we've approached um, you know, building this company is that we've really tailored it towards the needs of our customers. Um, you know, we've taken a very first principles approach to building our software. It's, it's not just e-commerce software. It's built specifically for this space, specifically for the operators and specifically for the customers. Yeah, and I think that's such a critical point too, especially... You know, the industry obviously is more mature in certain states compared to others, but as a whole, I think that we've had some years under our belt to observe what's happening. And I mean, I I relate to everything you just said. I mean, we have an e-commerce business that we're operating through CBD, of course. So we aren't, you know, using as much robust, I guess, state requirements. I know there's probably some things baked into what Dutchie does that are specific to reporting with legal states and things like that. But I mean, the pain points of of being online are really difficult for this industry, unfortunately. And online is where everybody's going. And so it's like a really hard place to be in when you have a lot of people externally who are like, oh, just try this solution. It'll work but they obviously don't know the industry. They don't know the full legality of our industry. And therefore, a lot of those generic or basic solutions that exist more agnostically, in fact, don't really work in the cannabis space. And so we've had to experience that head on. So I know 
there's a need for players to come in and build solutions specifically for this industry. I will be the first to say we need more technology supporting the cannabis industry, please. But I am curious on your take of, of how you do see technology pushing the industry forward. I mean, obviously your business probably... I mean, I would definitely want to get into the launch you just had with Dutchie 2.0. I know you just took some funding. You have Snoop Dogg as, as he's an investor, I believe is what I read. Super dope. But like, you know, technology is pushing the industry forward, but then using COVID as an example. Nobody was expecting that. And I think the brands that I've talked to and even myself being a brand in this space, luckily I was online already. But when COVID hit, you saw so many brands kind of flounder because they didn't even know how to get online or how to leverage technology. And so I don't know if there's external forces like COVID that you're seeing more push the technology forward, or if you really are seeing it from the consumer demand or the state's decision. I mean, like really that's cool that Oregon Mm -hmm. was the first to open up delivery because I know Colorado is currently trying to open that up, but they're not quite there yet. So it's not an option for every state. That's right. Yeah. And, and, you know, Oregon was the first to do it. They were kind of the pioneer, you know, in that respect. And then we have seen a lot of other states follow suit. So, you know, you mentioned Colorado, which is, is a, an ongoing effort, but it looks to be happening relatively soon. But then you have states like Nevada, um, you have states like California, you have states like Michigan, uh, Massachusetts is, is working on this as well right now. We've started to see a, a push. It's, it's, more, it's a bit more complicated. There's more regulatory framework that needs to be built in. You know, delivery opens us up to sort of new challenges in the space, but it's definitely a move that we're excited about. We definitely have a, a much larger part of the business in pickup, which was actually a really interesting thing for us in the, in the early days. We started to see quickly that, that actually just placing an order ahead of time for pickup was somewhat surprisingly a much bigger need at the time um, and was very prevalent in other states. As we've started moving into other markets, Washington, California, Colorado, we started to see a huge opportunity for, for pickup. And that was kind of interesting. I think a lot of that centered around the, the, the kind of real-time aspect of, of cannabis and the inventory turnover, frankly. The products are being sold at such a rapid clip and brands are coming out with new you know, product lines or new, new, you know, new strains of an existing product at, at such a... a quick pace. It's almost, almost unrivaled. I've, I've had anic- funny anecdotal conversations where I've, I've almost tested people, like try to come up with an analogy to this. And it's, it's, it's rare. The stat that we've um, identified is roughly around 40% of the shelf will turn over week to week. It's astounding. So that places a much higher emphasis on sort of this real-time nature and people wanting to place an order for products that are currently in stock that maybe by the time they get to the dispensary might be gone. You mentioned COVID. So I do want to talk about that because I think that's something that's really interesting. And I think our industry has seen a really big shift due to COVID. Particularly our business was was greatly affected by it in in actually a positive way. We saw about 700% growth through the pandemic. And it was something that, of course, we never expected. Nobody could expect something like this. But with our business in particular, what happened was the physical stores had to close but they needed to stay in business. And fortunately, virtually every state that has legal cannabis deemed cannabis an essential business. So the dispensaries were still allowed to operate. However, they couldn't have people in the store. And when you think about that, that leaves one avenue of opportunity. That leaves one way that they can continue to do business. And that was online ordering. 
So as soon as the pandemic hit, we saw a dramatic influx of not just new customers uh, in terms of dispensaries who, who were like, hey, we need e-commerce now. But our existing customers, they, we, we saw the numbers go from roughly about 30% of sales uh, coming from, from uh, e-commerce and online ordering compared to about 70 in-store to, no exaggeration, close to 100% of sales. In most cases, it was 100% of sales. They just started pushing all of their customers towards purchasing online. And then we had to adapt very quickly. Our platform grew and essentially scaled um, what some would look at as potentially like a year's worth of, of growth in a matter of maybe a month um, less, frankly. And that was a challenge in and of itself. My team, I can't say enough about the job that my team did in a very high stress time. Um, you know, and frankly, as somebody who is, has been in technology for a while, the best outcome there is that nobody notices. And that's what in effect happened. You know, our team was able to, to, to kind of scale our software up to meet the demand. But it was a really, really kind of interesting period. We saw so much growth. We had to adjust very quickly. And we had to look at sort of what the new problems our dispensaries were facing were. You know, what, what are the challenges now in a, in a COVID world that a dispensary is dealing with that they were never dealing with before? And, and a prime example of that was curbside. All of a sudden, there was this new concept of curbside pickup that dispensaries were in a sense being forced to utilize to keep people safe, to keep their employees safe, to keep their customers safe. And we made a quick, quick turn to uh, adapt to that changing, you know, kind of market dynamic where we needed to offer them a solution for curbside pickup. And we built what I, what I think is, um, you know, kind of an innovative solution where the customer not only selects that they want curbside pickup, but we also built in a way for the customer to then notify the dispensary when they've arrived. And furthermore, gave them a way to identify exactly what vehicle the customer was in, or maybe it was potentially a designated parking space. You know, so it was a really good example of kind of, I think, your question, which is how, how have we been pushing technology forward in the space? One of the, I'll kind of, close, you know, kind of conclude the answer here with something that I think is really interesting. We expected the growth to kind of level out and then potentially decline a little bit as stores began to reopen, which is something that we have seen over the past you know, month, month, month and a half, the stores have started to, to you know, re- reopen again, uh, of course, with you know, social distancing guidelines, but people are starting to go back into dispensaries. We expected less online ordering, you know, a slight dip in, in our numbers when that happened. And the, the, the kind of amazing thing, the fascinating thing is that that didn't happen. The amount of online ordering that, that is happening in the space really stayed high. There wasn't that dip. So I think what that signals to us is that something like the pandemic that, that really pushed us to utilize technology in the space uh, in a much greater, much more impactful way is going to most likely be a lasting trend. Uh, it will have a more permanent effect on consumer behavior in the space. And you know, being an online ordering company, that's of course something that we're you know, kind of grateful for and you know, I think we leaped forward with uh, technology with regards to the pandemic. Yeah, 100%. I mean, everything you just said, I I can attest to. I think it was a, a oh shit moment, of course, but I think it also was, oh, cool. Like this is something that we've been thinking about, playing around with, 
you know, contemplating, is it a possibility, of course, dealing with the laws. And then you saw COVID hit and it really forced us to push some of these technologies into being a little bit more robust in supporting the space. And so I think delivery, um, obviously being one, but like you said, curbside pickup as an option, I think it opened up a little bit too on the social media side. I've seen some of the banking stuff open up. So I do think for better or worse, COVID has pushed us into more of addressing some of these, these pain points through solutions. It's just listening to the consumer too, and trying to figure out where's the ball going and how do you follow the ball? And so my follow-up question or my next question, I should say, because I'm curious, you know, so you have a platform that serves the consumer. So they can go directly to your site and they can find dispensaries that are using your services and shop through there. So is it a little bit like customers are coming to Dutchie because they're the consumer who's looking to find a dispensary? Or do you find more of your, I guess, to kind of punctuate or to call it out? It's like, I read somewhere y'all own... You're like the one of the, the present market leaders with over 10% processing of legal cannabis in the world. Like that's a lot. And so I'm asking, do you rely on the customers who are like, oh, I'm I need cannabis today? Like, where do I go? Or are you really building these relationships and partnerships with the dispensaries to say, hey, get on this platform, use our technology. It's going to make your life X, Y, and Z better. Who's really driving that conversation? And it could be both, but I'm curious. So it is a little bit of both. I would say that the most of the the efforts on our part and most of the time and the resources that we've invested into building relationships in the business have been with our dispensaries. We've been very, very intentional about this. It, we, we started the business about three years ago, and from almost from day one we've we've really honed in on trying to understand our customers being the dispensary in such an intimate way. We've spent time in dispensaries. That's a regular practice of ours so that we understand their operational challenges. Um, again, this is not just e-commerce software. It's e-commerce software specifically designed for dispensaries um, and, and to suit their operations. So you know, we've, we've really focused in on those relationships and really focused in on, on the things that they're looking for, the problems that they have that we can potentially solve for them by listening, by identifying those problems, by coming up with creative solutions. One of the things that we've made a practice of on, on the product team here at Dutchie is what I like to call having conversations with the innovators. I refer to these dispensaries as the innovators. And the reason I refer to them that way is that there are certain operations and, and retailers and individuals, truthfully, that are doing some really progressive things in the space. They're pushing the space forward. And they have, they're a wealth of incredible insights and ideas. So we've developed these relationships. We've listened to them. We've take, we take regular calls with them, not just to build the relationships, but to, you know, to, to do our research, to do our homework. And the beautiful thing about doing it this way, about approaching it this way, is that you can take those conversations and you can understand their problems and the things that they would love to do with our software. And of course, as a product developer, you don't want to just simply follow those, those, you know, that, that lead blindly, but you know, insult, you can, you can come up with some really creative ways to solve their problems. And if you can do it with the lens of, I'm not just going to solve their problems, but I can potentially build something that can help other dispensaries. Maybe they don't even know that they have this problem yet. 
and they visit our software, you know, and get an update that a new feature rolled out. And they're like, wow, this is amazing. Like I can do that now with Dutchie. And the net effect here is that you push the whole industry forward. You, you mentioned before that we're, we are, we're processing about 10% of all legal cannabis in the world at this point. We work with 1,400 dispensaries uh, across North America. The solutions that we roll out can have that kind of impact. And it, it's just something that we've, we've really taken a lot of pride in and we're really excited about. That's so freaking cool. You have to kind of look at what is happening from a, like you said, the dispensary. It's like they're the ones like on the floor dealing with these problems. Obviously, COVID, I like, it's like I hate talking about it, but I think it's been so crucial for our industry of like, they're literally wake up one day and it's, you can't go to work and you can't open your store and it's for everybody's safety. But obviously as a business owner, like you said, it's like you want to stay in business. And so you have to start thinking of what are other solutions? How do I get that? What does that look like? And I think there's obviously a lot of brands who maybe were already using the platform or using similar platforms or already were like into technology. But I think this caught a lot of people off guard that, there was a huge gap of just like, oh shit, what do I do? And so anytime that you can kind of get in front of those people, which it sounds like that's been a really big lever for you guys to pull at your company is, and again, I I point out how simple and easy it is because I think that most people really are not having these conversations with their clients or with their customers. And it's something that we do every day too. I mean, I feel really fortunate because I think if we were just a digital brand, I think it would be harder. Obviously, you do support physical dispensaries. So there are people physically who are using your technology that needs to be installed and trained on. And so there is some sort of tangible interaction for us too. Like I have customers who walk into my store. I mean, you're sharing the story earlier of the woman with cancer and and it just it, it touches on so many levels because I hear that every day. If customers tell me, hey, I had a feedback about this product or, oh, you know, it'd be really cool if you guys offered this. I mean, even just on curbside pickup, we were like you. We thought, oh, this is a temporary thing. Don't know how long it's going to last. Grateful we have e-commerce. Let's offer curbside pickup. And then when we started opening up retail again a couple months ago, I was expecting curbside to die down. And it hasn't. And it's now been so popular for us as as part of our business that we obviously want to maintain it and are trying to advance it and think of more unique ways to educate consumers because they're obviously not coming into the store and having those interactions with us. So there's just so many things that you're saying that I'm like, yes, like it's so critical to be having those conversations. But of course, some brands just aren't. So maybe they're just an online only brand. I was on a panel speaking at some show and I mentioned this comment. So I'm just going to throw it out there. Like I told some guy was like, how do you get customer reviews? You know? And I was like, dude, you're physically sending people product, put a like, will you review me? Or if you enjoyed this experience, or if you enjoyed your product, you know, here's a link to our Google page or whatever. Like, I just think there's obviously creative ways if you're digital only, but I do think there's this opportunity or the sweet spot of like, get in front of your customers, like just get in front of them and talk to them and have conversations. And, and obviously the other shoe is like, do something with that information. (laughs) Don't just internalize it and and say, fuck it. But um, it sounds like you guys are taking that feedback and evolving, which speaking of, you just launched Dutchie 2.0. So I don't know if you want to walk through kind of what maybe some of those learnings were that you discovered that you've now incorporated into Dutchie 2.0, but I think it's just a testament to like, you've got to keep evolving. And it sounds like y'all are doing that. Absolutely. Yeah. Dutchie 2.0 was a really big launch for us. 
and a project that we've been working on for a while. Essentially, I mentioned before, you know, in, in the podcast here that we've been focused very, very intently on providing solutions and, um, you know, advancing our, our offering to dispensaries. We've, of course, you know, kind of innovated and, and brought new advancements and improvements to our consumer experience. But largely in part, we focused on tooling for dispensaries. And that was, that was a very deliberate part of our, our strategy. And it was also uh, something that we really, you know, felt was important to do. We needed to provide the right set of tools for them. On the other side is the consumer, the customer, who's placing the order with the dispensary. And, and that experience is very important as well. We'd spent a lot of time talking to dispensaries as well as customers about you know, things that they were looking for on the consumer side, right? What customers were interacting with, whether that be, you know, a new way to shop, whether that be, um, you know, maybe a more custom experience with Dutchy. We started to roll that feedback up into, you know, what became a, a full redesign of our consumer experience. And, and that really was Dutchy 2.0. And it wasn't just the design. It, it was kind of a culmination of all of that feedback. And we built in things like, the ability to change, you know, sort of the, the coloring and the theming of, of the experience so that, you know, our dispensary operators could have a more on-brand experience. We built in a homepage, which is something that is really kind of new and interesting with Dutchy 2.0 so that, again, the operators can just have a very, very customized experience. They can, they can kind of control that homepage however which way they want. You know, if they have a particular, you know, brand that they're trying to, uh, you know, maybe that's on sale. They can put that at, right at the top of the menu. And they, they just have, there's a lot of flexibility there. So we've moved definitely in a, a manner of, of becoming a more kind of customized platform for the dispensaries. One other thing that I, I think is, was, was so interesting about 2.0 is that we started to get feedback that, that the bud tender to customer uh, relationship was missing from the, from the experience. And this was always so interesting to me. And rather obvious in hindsight. That's a very important relationship. And when we talked to people, they were saying, well, one reason I don't use Dutchie is that I want to have that, I want to know what the bud tender recommends. On the other side, dispensaries were saying, we want ways to connect with our customers, right? And we, we want ways to recommend products. We took that feedback and we started to think about like, what What's specific to the space? You know, again, like this theme that you and I have been talking about, how cannabis is different. The, the shopping experience at a dispensary is different than the shopping experience at a clothing store or, or any type of traditional retail experience. And what we came to was this feature that we called staff picks. And what that allowed us to do is create a way for the bud tender to recommend products. Um, to go ahead and say, this is our choice, you know, with all of the edibles that we carry, this is one that we're really excited about, you know, and this is our staff pick. And now, you know, we're starting to build the, that relationship between uh, the bud tender and the customer and doing that, doing that through a digital manner, because, you know, that's something that can sometimes go missing uh, with that experience. quick break to say thank you to Restart CBD for sponsoring this podcast. Restart CBD is a brand my sisters and I founded in our hometown in Austin, Texas. We operate a retail location as well as an e-commerce store, and you can browse our wide range of CBD products at restartcbd.com. Again, thank you to Restart for allowing me the time and resources to put on To Be Blunt. I hope you'll check them out for your CBD needs. Let's go back to the episode. 
No, hundred percent. I'm so glad you said that because again, I think in all these conversations I'm having, which shout out everybody, please go listen to all the other episodes because they all flow together. There's so much goodness in here. Everything you're saying, I'm just like, yes, all these things. I guess to back it up, when we launched our CBD brand, I was e-commerce first, not knowing the headache that e-commerce was, but we went into retail because we especially when we launched CBD two years ago, there was a much different market and customer sentiment around cannabis. But we saw an opportunity that was missing and that was connecting consumers to information. And we saw that online was a really difficult place for us to have that conversation. Obviously, a lot of social media platforms shut down cannabis content. So that was really hard for us at first. But the retail experience connected us to our customers to have those conversations, to educate them, to give them like, this is our pick. And so I love that y'all took that feedback and incorporated into a digital setting because I don't want to be somebody who's like, oh, you know, screw online. It should always be, you know, the person who's like paper, handwriting letters, you know, like obviously we have to evolve. Technology is a beautiful blessing, but I do think you have to start getting creative on, on how you're going to position those products. And obviously with your product background, I also had a brief stint as a product marketer. So product is something very, very special to me because it really, it's like the functionality. It's like, you can have this really great idea, but it could come down to the usability of it or how someone's going to, you know, physically hold the product or what's that experience going to be like. And so I think just thinking through, Hey, we're pushing into digital. We don't want to lose some of that that sauce, you know, that people were excited about when they came into retail, but you know, how do we blend that together and, and maybe evolve it? And so I think introducing that feature of a staff pick is so ingenious because again, as a marketer, I always love to highlight this. I think we, as people, we don't like the easy path, even if the easy path is the smartest path, it's almost like it needs to be challenging. And so what I mean by that is I think as a marketer, I'm constantly struggling having to create something new when if I really buckle down and realize the majority of people who follow my content are not really paying attention and I could say the same thing over and over and over again and they would probably not get it until the fourth or fifth attempt is pretty remarkable. It's, it's really exciting. So it's like freeing as a marketer. It's like, oh, you don't have to do it so hard. You don't have to think so much. But I think little things like that of just even being able to these are our staff picks. These are our top strains. These are our top products. Here's, you know, commonly asked FAQs and being able to tie that up in a really sleek way, which it sounds like, you know, especially Dutchie 2.0 is like bringing some of those features into that experience. But just like as somebody in the cannabis space, like, yeah, how do I evolve and create more conversations for consumers to have access to resources and information? It's what y'all are doing and I love it. We're about to wrap up, but I'm so curious just because I think everything that we've said, obviously we've already identified being in cannabis is, is hard <laughs> and not consistent with other industries. So it's like, oh, yay. Okay. Like e-commerce, weird, banking, crazy. Investment though. I think investment is a really interesting topic that, you know, obviously there's people who want to give other people money and that is not illegal. And so in theory, investment shouldn't be this foreign thing for our industry. But I think because everything we said, the industry is the way it is, I think that it's not as accessible or easy. And so I'm just curious a little bit of the journey of, you know, you founded the company in 2017. We're now in 2020. You did just get 
I don't know if it was this your first round or is this a second round? And some somehow I read Snoop Dogg and I was like, what the fuck? That's so cool. Um, and obviously I know investment can help you go faster, quicker. Sometimes people don't like investment because it means you're now responsible to somebody else. Um, I'm personally, we've bootstrapped our business and the previous tech company I worked at, we were bootstrapped for the first four years and then we did take a couple series rounds. Um, so I, again, I, I know I say this because I know there's some good, there's some bad. It sounds like it's been good for you guys. Let's let's walk through that one. Yeah. So we we've raised three three rounds now of venture capital. We've we've been really fortunate, frankly, to have some in, absolutely incredible investors. I I can't say enough about the people that that have you know that are kind of in our corner that have supported us uh, from the beginning. Uh, not just not just through capital, but these are investors that have been just actively involved in helping us grow the business and giving us guidance um, and helping us raise additional rounds. I mean, I can't. It's it's like a, I'm grateful to have you know a, such a positive story uh, and experience with with my my investors. I don't think venture capital is for everybody, and I think it can seem glamorous. At you know when you read about the headlines, when you read about you know the investors that have come in. Um, again, we've been fortunate to have some, some high profile investors. Uh, Snoop Dogg is an example. Kevin Durant's an investor in the company. Th- this last round, we brought on uh, Howard Schultz, who is the former CEO of Starbucks. And truthfully, the value in that is that is not necessarily the, you know, the headline. That, that's, that's great. You know, and if we, can, if we can have a splash because of that, added bonus. But it's the guidance and, and, and the strategic advice that you get from these, these people and their teams. And again, I, I don't think venture capital is for everybody. You know, it depends really on what your goals are with the business. Yes, there is a positive side to it. You, know, you have capital to work with. You can grow a lot faster. You've got quote unquote gasoline to throw on the fire. Um, you're not, you're not going to be as timid to, to open up a new position that you might need. Um, because you have that capital. So I do think there's some, some great benefits to it, but I, just, I don't think it's right for every business. You know? And with Dutchie, we've had, we have big aspirations. Um, there's 110 people at Dutchie today, and we're growing very quickly. The, you know, when we look at the competitive landscape, when we look at, at not just our competitors, but other technology companies in the space, they, don't have, they haven't built out necessarily a team that's that large. And the reason that we've done it is to make sure that the level of customer care that I want to make sure we always provide, that our bar never slips. Um, that when my dispensary is having an issue, um, whether it be you know in the middle of the day during working hours or whether it's at you know midnight, that they can reach somebody and that's that, that their their call won't fall on deaf ears. I would say arguably the most important thing that you can do in building a successful business is making sure that you're taking care of your customers and doing that to a really, really high degree. It does take people. It does take teams. It takes great people. It takes folks who know how to build great customer support organizations, people that deeply care and, you know, leadership that makes that a priority. And I think that our, our space, you know, given that we're new, given that that there are a lot of um, you know operators that are just are just coming into the space and that are having to deal with really really high demands and high uh, you know growth. It's difficult to maintain that, and that I would say that's largely the reason that we've gone out and, and raised um, you know this type of money is to maintain that level of care. Super well said. I couldn't agree more. I think it's definitely a um, 
I think it has to be a fit for the solution that you're trying to build. But like you said, I I know I keep saying Snoop Dogg because I'm really just curious if you've ever gotten to smoke with him. And it is cool. And I think as a marketing function, obviously you want press, you want publicity. It's nice to have these people who are backing your brand, but I do also appreciate the sincerity around we want to do this right. And we admit that we don't know everything and bringing in people who are smarter than us to help guide us in this industry is is just a blessing and an opportunity that you're able to go lean into. So I'm, I'm excited for you guys. I'm happy to hear that it's been a positive you know, moves for your business. But um, yeah, everybody's trying to do the best that they can by the consumer, I would hope. And so it sounds like you guys are doing that. But I don't know if you want to answer, have you ever smoked with Snoop Dogg? And if not, is that happening? I, I oddly enough, maybe not oddly enough, I get this question all the time. Um, whether it be, have you smoked with him or have you met him? And the, the, the truth, the truth is, is that I have not. That may happen in the future. Um, I, again, I'm an edible consumer, so that might look a little bit different. Maybe <laughs> fair, he's fair. A joint. I'm popping in, you know, a, a, a gummy, but celebratory. Um, yeah, there you go. I, you know, the um, it, it's something that is, of course, uh, you know, a question that we get all the time. And I always, I always uh, you know, get a little bit of a laugh out of it. Yeah, at some point, it's possible that it happens. For now, you know, he's part of a, an investment firm, which is Casa Verde Capital, you know, and, and we've worked with his team so closely. They've been amazing. I, again, I can't say enough about them. Um, but we'll see. Maybe I'll get back to you one day with a, a, a photo or a, a, f- a fun story with Snoop. Or I'll take an invitation. That works. <laughs> you can come along. There you go. Yeah, be like, I have to bring this girl. She's from Austin. <laughs> She's a I really big fan. In. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Jokes aside, yeah, I think that somebody like Snoop Dogg or even Kevin Durant, it, it brings a little bit of a thread in this conversation I love highlighting too is just like the normalization of cannabis. Like, yes, there should be an investment firm that's interested in cannabis. There's investment firms that are specific to CPG and specific to oil and name any industry. And there's definitely some niche that has happened. And so it is exciting to see that structure coming to the industry and that professionalism, if you will. I know it's a touchy subject because some people obviously would would love if it was just maybe not even legal, but would love to just be left alone and to grow their cannabis and have their personal stash and whatever. But technology is pushing us forward. The consumer demand is pushing us forward. The industry itself is pushing us forward. And so it's cool to start seeing these attributes be carved out. And then, yeah, obviously being able to talk to a brand like yourself of just such clear thoughtfulness around the product that you're creating because you really are connecting people, both the consumers and the dispensaries to a better way of getting their product. I mean, the nightmare of these platforms is is very apparent and the confusion around cannabis. And I love that you even highlighted, you know, some people don't even like going into a dispensary. They don't like the way that feels. And so you have all these kind of stigmatizations and all these external forces that are happening. And obviously it's netted us right here having this beautiful blended conversation. But I just think it's really badass to be able to hear from somebody who's who's approaching it from the way that you're approaching it. So I appreciate that. I always like to end my interviews asking, and I think this will be a may probably a hard one for you, but <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Is there a brand that comes to mind? It can be a dispensary, it can be a product, um, somebody that you work with or don't even work with that is just killing it 
like a brand like that you're just like, oh, I love that brand. I love consuming their products or I love the way it looks or feels because I'm, I'm always curious. Yeah. So that question for me is, is actually not as hard to answer. And maybe part of it is because of, of where I'm, I'm located and where, where we work out of. Um, I live in Bend, Oregon. So, you know, central Oregon, I'm very familiar with the, the brands that are here in the state. Again, I'm an edible consumer personally. One brand that I have really resonated towards and, and re- resonated with and, and sort of gravitated towards is uh, a brand called Wild, if you're familiar with them. I am familiar. Yes, it's an edibles uh, company and they, their you know, predominant product is really gummies. And uh, it's a product that I enjoy, but I also really love what they've done with their branding and their packaging. And you know, it's extremely unique. They have kind of a, almost an octagonal box, which I've never really seen outside of their products. Um, and I just loved how that has become so synonymous with their brands. And, and it's, been, it's something that is really unique in the space. And that's one. I, I, I've also been a pretty big fan of Dosist and what they've done. I love Dosist. They're my favorite brand. So cool. Yeah. Okay. So I, so I, get, I get a good answer there then. The, uh, <laughs> yeah. Dosist, I, you know, Dosist, I think, has built like a really kind of interesting product. Their, their product design is something that, of course, I gravitate to. Uh, being a designer myself, I really appreciated that. And then, you know, I've been to their stores in, in um, you know, in California and LA, which has also been kind of a great experience. And I think some the things that they're doing around, you know, strong effect-based shopping and effect-based products, I, I, I've always been kind of impressed by that. And I think that that's a, a pretty innovative and progressive move for the space. I love that. Yeah. Dosist, everything you just said, I think probably why we resonate with each other is just having that background of product and technology. And I love the way that their products are categorized. I think that it is obviously appealing to a different consumer, uh, somebody with a little bit more caution maybe or curiosity and just the sleekness of their little vape pens. I immediately, the moment I've had their product probably a couple years ago, I've just been hooked. So haven't made it to their dispensary yet, but that's on my list. And now even more motivation to figure out how to do that. But um, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. They've got some pop-up shops. They did a pop-up in Vegas. They have one in Planet 13, yeah. which I went to, which was super cool. Have you been to Planet 13 yet? I have. I have. Uh, early on, though, it's, it's been a... It, I think it was... At, I was at MJ BizCon, not this past year, but the year before, and we took a, a trip over to Planet 13. Everybody should go to Planet 13. It's, is it the largest dispensary in the United States? I don't know if, if it's technically the largest, um, but it's, it's up there and the experience is pretty incredible. It's pretty out of this world. Yeah, they got some cool technology stuff. People have to go check it yeah. out. But um, yeah, I love that. Well, please let us know what's the best way to connect with Dutchie, to connect with you, social links, URLs, things like that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, of course, you can find us at Dutchie.com. We, again, have dispensaries throughout North America that are using Dutchie to power their online ordering. So, you know, you may not realize it at times, but you actually are connecting with Dutchie when you place your orders online for cannabis. And then you can reach us through, uh, you know, our LinkedIn page. We're pretty active on that platform as well as Twitter and Instagram. And then me personally on those platforms as well. Man, I really love technology and this episode hit home on so many points, pain points to be exact, because it's just the reality of the industry. 
Obviously, consumers want it, the market wants it, businesses like Zacks that specialize in this type of technology want it, and yet here we are playing in this really gray area, and so it is cool to just hear somebody else's story, their perspective, and how they're kind of navigating and handling it. So definitely took some notes for myself. I'm looking forward to implementing them, having more conversations, of course, and I encourage you guys to reach out and talk to me too. I love hearing from you. I love hearing what you're up to. You can ask me questions. You can connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram. Pretty much Google Shaded Tarabi and you'll find some way to get a hold of me. But thanks for listening. I always appreciate it. It means so much to me. And new episodes come out every Monday. So catch you on the next episode. Bye. Love this episode of To Be Blunt? Be sure to visit theshadedtarabi.com slash to be blunt for more ways to connect. New episodes come out on Mondays. And for more behind the scenes, follow along on Instagram at the Shada Tarabi. 